Hallelujah. Uh, you can go ahead and you can open tonight to John chapter 14. And um, before I start teaching, I want to read you something that's to, to me and encouraging. Uh, you know, Christianity thrives under persecution. And Jesus plainly told his disciples that you will suffer persecution for his namesake. All men will hate you. You will be reviled. Uh, in America, we haven't had a whole lot of that, but you can see the handwriting on the wall, you know. But listen, here's a, I just got this, uh, I think today or yesterday from the Voice of the Martyrs. And suffering is not the whole story. You know, Voice of the Martyrs, they do their best to help uh, Christians around the world wherever they're suffering persecution. And I mean help them with food and clothing and shelter and medical aid and whatever they can help them with. It's a wonderful, wonderful organization. But I got this email from them. I, I thought I'd share it with you. It says, suffering is not the whole story. As recently as 25 years ago, many parts of India were essentially unreached by the gospel. Now, that's just 25 years ago. Unreached. Since then, the voice of the martyrs has responded to thousands of anti-Christian persecution incidents, which have become more frequent, widespread, and severe as the gospel has spread throughout the country. But Christian suffering is not the whole story. The persecution that our Indian Christian brothers and sisters are facing is the enemy's reaction to his great failure. A tremendous move of God in which hundreds of thousands of Hindus have come to Christ in India's most hostile areas. One such region, region is northern India, which is home to the Ganges River. Millions of Hindus travel there each year in the belief that washing in the river will cleanse them from their sins. Yet independent studies show that more than 300,000 Hindus in northern India have turned to Christ in recent years. This mighty work of God throughout India has caused a corresponding growth in opposition to the Christian faith and witness. Under the current prime minister and the Hindu nationalist organization there, they have seen a 20% increase in membership. The political religious ideology of Hindu nationalism is institutionalizing hostility toward Christians and considers them enemies of the state. Now, we're seeing little glimpses of that even coming here in America. There's a few already. I've heard the phrase that the Bible is hate speech. So, just saying. So here's what they say. These uh, that considers them enemies of the state. Quote, So long as the Christians here in India indulge in such activities and consider themselves as agents of the international movement for the spread of Christianity, and refuse to offer their first loyalty to the land of their birth, and behave as true children of the heritage and culture of their ancestors, they will remain here as hostiles and will have to be treated as such. What's scary to me is I hear language already. Uh, Christians need to be reprogrammed, you know. But so that's what the that's what the government is saying. But 
The article continues, while Hindu nationalists seek to eradicate all Christian witness from India, the gospel cannot be silenced or stopped. Our Christian brothers and sisters in India continue to live boldly for Christ, joyfully paying any price for the sake of the gospel. I say amen. Let us do the same. Onward Christian soldiers marching as to war. <laughs> you don't want me to sing it. Okay. All right. All right. John 14. Really, this is a continuation a little bit from this morning's message. Uh, talking about the presence of God. And because we're coming into Jesus meetings, and those are the kinds of meetings where you don't, you don't, uh, I hate to say it that way. We don't so frequently read about Jesus only read about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, we see Jesus working in the service, in the meeting. That's, that's where we're going. And for that to happen, again, a little bit of review from this morning, there is a level of presence of the Holy Spirit that all Spirit-filled believers have. Because if you can pray in tongues, you've got Him with you. He has to be in you. He's the one creating the language. It's impossible that you can pray in other tongues, really pray in other tongues, without the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because he's the one creating the language. So, say, well, Gary, is there, is there, do I have the presence of the Holy Spirit? My question is, can you pray in tongues? Well, yes, I can. Well, then he's with you. And isn't that what Jesus said? I'm going to send you another comforter. He's going to abide with you forever. And the lesson this morning, I reviewed some of the things that he taught in the face-to-face documents about you have to be aware. See, knowing that he's with you is one thing. Being aware that he's with you is another. For example, I've got a few here that I did not read this morning. Again, this is from the uh, face-to-face documents. This particular one is... I see, I read that one this morning. Let's look. This one is called Coveting the Gifts. Remember the prophecy I read from Smith Wigglesworth this morning? He said in this last great revival, all of the gifts would be manifest. Isn't that right? And not just through the fivefold. This time, it's going to be Joel's army. So for all of us, we need to prepare and be ready for expecting the gifts of the Spirit. just Just say this with me. Father... I am a candidate for all of your gifts to flow through me. If that's your plan for the last day, and you've spoken of that in Joel's army, here I am. I am a candidate. I am expecting all the gifts to flow through me as the Spirit wills. Now, see, and even that is just a step. We're really believing for something beyond there which we often call, uh, uh, I, the best word for it is presence, just his presence, where he can just do what he wants and do it all the time like he did through Jesus. I don't, th- I don't think Jesus woke up every morning saying, gee, I, gee, I don't think he ever said gee, but I don't think he woke up every morning going, I, I hope the gifts flow through me today. That wasn't his thinking. His thinking was, Father, you work through me today. And that's where we're going, Okay. But there's a difference in presence. And even the one that I read this morning, he said, now, the essence of this morning's message was, I have sent my Holy Spirit to be in the presence of man. 
because you have difficulty getting into my presence. And you know that's true because you don't have to go fast. You don't have to go worship, really. You don't have to go seek. You don't have to do anything to start praying in other tongues, do you? You, you, can, you can just start. So he's put that at our, we can initiate that whenever we want to, which tells you you're already in the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I could doctrinally say, accurately say, there is a level of the presence of God that every spirit-filled believer has, because I know that, because they can pray in other tongues. And they can't pray in other tongues unless the Holy Spirit is creating the language. So there is a level of presence that every spirit-filled believer is already walking in. Whew, that was a long sentence. Did you get that? But how many know that, you, you know, you, Gary, what about those times when His presence comes? And we've all at various times been in those services where the atmosphere gets thick. And he is here in some different level than that. Well, that's what we're trying to understand better because that's really, he wants us walking in more of that than where we are right now. So there, there are different levels of the presence. Yes, sir. This is the third time while I've been talking, he showed me this picture of drunk Gary back in Houston many years ago. The number, the, the time that I remember where I was most saturated with the Holy, I was, I was as, as drunk as I have ever been in my life. I could, I had two men holding me up, uh, you know, and, and my, I mean, I was, I, I couldn't hardly talk. They would bring people, they'd lift my hand, <laughs> put my hand on their head. I wouldn't even say anything. Splat, they'd go on the floor. Some of them would flop, some of them not. I mean, I've never experienced such a presence before or since. Which at the time, I, you think, oh, this is glorious. This is wonderful. But he's been showing me, son, I need you more mature than that. I need you to be a vessel that can handle that level of presence. So this is the journey that we're on. And I'm sure that's why he's been having us do all of the purging and the transforming and the metamorphoing. Can I say it that way? <laughs> Metamorphosis to mature us up. Get us to where we're vessels that can handle that level of presence. And, you know, if you stagger, you know, it's a learning process. I'm glad I have that memory. But I know he, that's not where he wants me to stay. He doesn't want me to, when he comes, I can't handle it. And No. I think he wants us to get accustomed to that. Okay, so... In the beginning, when he was teaching me these things, and now he's bringing it around full circle because we've got to go deeper now. In the face-to-face document called Coveting the Gifts, he said to me, lack of awareness is the next tree that must fall. You could say it's the next stronghold that must go. The number one obstacle that prevents people from walking in the gifts is they have no sense of the reality that I am with them. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Has not the word said, I have come unto you forever. I am with you. I am with you forever, says the Spirit of grace. Awareness of my presence is vital and key to operating in the gifts. Understand, now this is so important. It was important then, but it's it's important. (laughs) See, we, we tend to think, because we, uh, the, the way our lives have been, we're, we get busy, every day is like 
same old, same old. And it seems like no anointing. And most of the day, you know, I mean, bless Sue's heart. She's a, she's a good, she's doing the laundry and she's, you know, handling the, everything. And besides that, she's cooking a meal and she's got all these things going. I'm busy in the office and I'm on the phone and I'm answering, you know, we're, we're just busy doing things. And it just seems like you're just doing things. And there's no awareness of anything, you know, like, well, I'm just doing stuff. Later on, I hope to get in His presence. And the thing of it is, His presence is with you the whole time. At that first level of the presence of the Holy Spirit, He plainly says, I am with you all the time, 24-7. So that's why He says here, understand that I am with you, whether you are aware of it or not. But lack of awareness brings lack of faith. Lack of awareness brings lack of expectation. Lack of awareness causes the leadership that comes by vision, by the inward witness, by words spoken in your spiritual ear to be dismissed. Do not dismiss these things, for it is by these that I manifest the gifts through you, says the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm as guilty as anybody of dismissing things, you know. Well, that's probably just me. I had a thought, you know. I want to pick on names. I know Tim's name. I have a thought. I need to send 300 bucks to Tim. That's probably God, right, Tim? Anyway. <laughs> so I'm just, I can think of his name right now. Okay. And, and you, you know, and sometimes it is your own thought. See, this is where we got to grow up. Because if that's the Holy Ghost, if he's bringing me the mind of Christ, then I have nothing more important to do than to send that $300 to Tim. That's where we've got to come. We need to be, and he talks in here about if we'll allow him to train us, we can all become expert, expert at discerning the difference between our thoughts and his voice. That's what we want, right? I believe that's a big reason why he has us in the blueprint doing what we're doing, helping us learn to tell the difference between I'm tired of good ideas. I want God ideas. You know? Okay. This next one is becoming aware of his presence is the name of the document in the face-to-face. Now, in this one, I had been doing what you I've told you about before. I had been over at the ugly building for many months, and I'd been praying and practicing, distinguishing God's voice like Dave taught. And I got to where I could hear, and I would record, and then I would type. But then I'd get busy. And so I got busy here in like two days. Two days went by without me going over there. You know, and I'm not saying I didn't pray at all. I don't remember. But I sure didn't go over there and focus on it and get quiet like we're doing in corporate prayer. And here he says to me, do you see how just two days without without entering into my presence and hearing my counsel causes your ears to become dull of hearing? Now, get that he was with me the whole time. It's me entering his presence in the sense of he was there, but I was oblivious. Okay? i read that sentence again. Do you see how just two days without entering into my presence and hearing my counsel causes your ears, and he means my spiritual ears, to become dull of hearing? The flesh feeds on self-accomplishment. Why were you not there for two days? I was busy doing stuff. Busy doing stuff. It was very important stuff. 
way too important for me to go talk to God. <laughs> I'm being very sarcastic. I hope you know that. Your the flesh feeds on self accomplishment. Your spirit feeds on my accomplishment. Your flesh trusts in self. Your spirit trusts in me. To withdraw yourself from my counsel and from my strength is to substitute labor in the flesh. And that only strengthens the flesh against my counsel. That's the church at large right there. Programs instead of anointing. Now, I bolded this next paragraph. This is revelation knowledge now. It is more, he's still talking, it is more than simply being a matter of dullness of hearing. If you will be honest, you will admit that there is a reduction in your level of confidence that you're even hearing my voice. This is a result of the strengthening of the flesh by devoting your energy to it rather than spending your time with me and learning to trust in me. Be quick to repent of this error. Now listen to this next three sentences. He says, be quick to repent of this error. What error? Getting too busy to go spend time with him. Then he says, most never do. Most never walk in my counsel. Most never walk in my power. Say with me. That's not me. I'm not one of those most. I am quick to repent of this error. I never get too busy for you, Lord. I walk in your counsel. And I walk in your power. He says the number one thing you can do right now in order to seek the next clearing... What he's talking about is to grow to the next level of ministry. Is to practice being aware of my presence all of the time. This may seem like a game to you. But it is of the highest order of reality. It is not frivolous, nor is it non-productive. The most productive thing in your life right now is to become constantly aware that I am with you. In every situation. In every circumstance. All through the day, every day, practice being aware that I am with you. Speak with me as though I am there, for I truly am. There's that song again. I don't want to talk about you like you're not in the room. Boy, are we good at that. (laughs) Oh, Gary, in the past, not you. Speak with me as though I am there, for I truly am. Whether you hear me respond or no, practice being aware of my presence. Now, I feel a flow. I'm going to go ahead and... Con- we didn't read this this morning, so I'm going to go ahead and read this, whether we get to John or not. For you see, I am with you, whether you're aware of it or not. Would you mind to say that out loud with me? Holy Spirit, you are with me, whether I am aware of it or not. You are with me. 24-7, 365, waking or sleeping, you are with me. We've got to come into that. So he says, it's you becoming aware of my presence. 
that causes your expectation for the manifestation of the gifts to be available to you in all situations. And here, speak to me all through the day. Speak to me as though I were your closest friend, for I truly am. Speak to me as if I were there to help you, for I truly am. We shall commune all during your waking hours. Even in the night seasons, your communion with me shall increase, for I will begin to unfold dreams, revelations, and visions of the Lord to your mind. All of these things come as a fruit of your awareness of my continual presence with you. Studying the gifts profits a little. Becoming aware of my presence accomplishes much. No one understand that I can accomplish more in a single day for you than you could accomplish yourself in many lifetimes. Know and understand that I can accomplish more in a single day for you than you could accomplish yourself in many lifetimes. What a sentence. What a truth. Releasing my power in every facet of your life comes by your continual awareness, continual fellowship with me, and continual hearkening to the instructions I give you by vision, revelation, and voice. Forget not my instruction that the lack of awareness is the next tree that must fall. Above all else that you do, even regarding those things of administration, and that's where I tend to get busy, emails, Lessons, computer stuff. It's got to be done, got to be done, got to be done. Well, it does have to be done. But he says, above all else that you do, even regarding those things of administration, place the highest priority on becoming aware continually that I am with you. This is the most necessary thing in your life, says the Lord, not the solving of natural carnal pressures. Again, I say, as you become fully aware of my presence, all of the carnal things, he's talking about the natural things, shall come into balance, and they shall be handled according to my wisdom and not the wisdom of man. This, I promise you, says the Spirit of grace. Would you all like a copy of this as a PDF? Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll put a copy of this on the, on the website. I thought we were going to do John tonight. I can tell we're not going to do John. <laughs> All right. This is, I feel, I feel his pleasure with this. Because there's a little more that I did not read this morning. And that's in the one called Acting on Truth. Acting on Truth. I have these little headers here for you. Concerning the gifts of the Spirit, there is more truth to be learned. But no one understand that the truth I have revealed to you thus far is sufficient. For you to take action. I am trusting that you will follow my instruction. To be continually aware that I'm with you. Now let me just stop for a moment. And just re- uh, confess and repent of my sin. Tw- even some 20 years later. I've never done this to the level that he wants it done. I'll have I'll take runs at it. Uh, you're going to probably take. Uh, I want you to learn from my. Uh, mistake. And don't make that mistake. He gives us some really important instruction here, how to, how to do this. 
But I'd, I'll make a run at it. I'll do pretty good for maybe a day, uh, maybe a day and a half. But it seems like the pressure always comes. And wouldn't you know, the Jesus said the cares of this world, persecution, affliction, the cares of this world, uh, you know, other things. And you get busy and you don't wind up producing the fruit that he's talking about here. But if we're going to go into the, re- and, no, since we are going into the revival, <laughs> we have no time to waste. We have no time to waste. This is, this is, when he said this is the most important thing, it is the most important thing. So as your awareness of my presence increases, then you will find out that all of my instructions that come by vision, revelation, and by voice shall come to you more and more frequently. Well, how many want that? But son, failure to act on those things will negate my power for all practical purposes. Failure to act on the faith I have given you through the knowledge of the truth will produce nothing. See, that's James. Faith without works is dead, being alone. Okay. I am pleased with your efforts since my instruction to you yesterday, (laughs) even though your steps have been timid and with hesitation. You have acted deliberately to make yourself more aware of my presence. With this I am pleased, says the Lord. I'm telling you now, as you continue, your steps shall become less timid and without hesitation. With great strides, you shall walk as a man who walks stride for stride with his God, and you shall do exploits. I still see that as out in front of me. And it's my fault I'm not already walking there. Learn from my mistake. Okay? I want you to understand that the gifts of the Spirit are for your life. Not for services only. Now, what he's, he's talking directly to Joel's army here. You gotta remember when I was receiving these things, I think I had spoken once or, I had spoken a few times, but it wasn't anything like it is now. This was early, early, early. We were as Joe public as you get, you know, okay? I want you to understand that the gifts of the Spirit are for your life and not for services only. Your life belongs to the Lord, not just while you're in the services. You are his servants, his co-laborers, 24 hours a day, every day. In every situation and in every circumstance, now listen, you carry the Lord's presence with you, and there is much work to be done. So know and understand now, and do not be surprised when my instructions by vision, by revelation, and by voice come to you In unexpected moments of time, in unexpected circumstances, action on my instructions will produce kingdom results every time without fail. I don't really remember where I started. I know I read this, so I'm going to read this, this one more little section here to make sure that we get this covered. This is called Waiting Upon God. To wait upon God is to spend time in my presence as I bring you his mind. So we're talking about the presence of the Holy Spirit here. Your responsibility is to submit your will to his mind as I unfold the will of the Father unto you. As you yield your life unto that life of Christ and his mind revealed in you, you then step onto the path of dominion. We'll talk about dominion. He had us a lot to say about dominion. This is the path of anointing. Someone say revival. 
This is the path of great blessings, says the Spirit of grace. To wait upon the Lord is to sit in my presence and hear the mind of the Lord until you have received his counsel in completeness. At that point, you yield your will unto his mind. You go where I say go. You say what I tell you to say. You do what I say do. You act as I say act. And as you conformed to the mind of him who called you, then I perform all of the Father's good pleasure as you walk in the steps of the mind of Christ. See, and this is where I I totally agree with what Alan was teaching this morning. The last thing we need to be doing is walking in presumption and in an anointing and a fellowship that we're not really walking in and go out and just pray for people willy-nilly and nothing happens and they think even more then that they're not worthy of God's healing. We don't want that. What we want is to really walk with... There's a book out called... So who was it that wrote that book? It's called The Walk of the Spirit. <laughs> the Walk of the Spirit. And we're coming into the practical, real application. Yes. Okay. So he does want to do John. Okay. So now with all that as the, as the uh, prep, as the introduction, now open up to John 14. Yes, sir. Boy, what? This is perfect. Because <laughs> the last thing he said there was actually, actually walking in it and then he performs, right? He performs. That's the perfect introduction to this. John 14, 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, these next... Two verses. (laughs) If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you how long? Forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. See, and in the dispensation we're in, he is in you. Okay? I will not leave you orphans, comfortless. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, I'm headed to verse 21. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but you see me. Because I live, you shall live also. And at that day you shall know that I am in my Father, and you in me. Now get this, and I in you. Now, verse 21, he said up there earlier, if you love me, keep my commandments. Verse 21, he that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loves me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. And I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now, verse 23, if a man love me, He will keep my words, and my Father will love him. Now, this has just been jumping off the page in the light of what we read a while ago. And we will come unto him and make our abode with him. 
Who is we? That's Jesus and the Father. That is a different presence. Now, I know it's one God. If you think about this too much, your brain's going to start leaking out your left ear. But it's one God. Somehow he, he is three. <laughs> but he's one. But for him to function with us, he has, this is the best that there is. He has to reveal himself somehow and even manifest himself as three. So even though God is one, God is three. Now we've been talking about every spirit-filled believer, every, they're walking in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I know that it has to be from what, you know, because you can't pray in other tongues without the Holy Spirit creating the language. So let's just say it this way. I'm just, okay, this may grow as we mature. But right now I would say there's at least, there's three levels. There's three levels of this presence. And every spirit-filled believer that I know that can pray in tongues is walking in a level. It's called the presence of the Holy Spirit. But apparently you can be in his or his, you can be, well, it's the same thing. You're in his presence, he's in your presence, he's in you, and you can walk oblivious to it. No goosebumps, no drunk, <laughs> no, no, no feelings. I mean, I, we all, I'm preaching to the choir, everyone here practically is coming to the corporate prayer times, and you come down here, you'll pray for eight hours, and maybe not a goosebump one. Isn't that right? Because praying in tongues is a revelation gift. It is fellowship. It is koinonia. It is fellowship with the Holy Spirit, all right. But it's a level of presence that doesn't really normally affect the emotions. And I've had a few times where it has, but that's been very unusual. The thousands upon thousands of hours after all these years praying in other tongues, 99.5% has been emotionless and goosebumpless. <laughs> <laughs> but it's sure not been without revelation. It always comes. It always comes. And his plan for your life comes. Even if it grows like a tree, you may not hear like, you know, uh, uh, thou shalt put millions into the gospel, but if you keep doing it, it's going to grow like a tree, and you're going to wind up putting millions into the gospel because that's his calling you. Okay. But that doesn't mean it affected your emotions that much. It, what I'm trying to get at, that, that level of presence... Every spirit-filled believer has already been walking in that. But the question we're after is, yeah, but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of manifestation of power at that level. Well, one of the reasons for that is he, he's doing his job. How many think he's doing his job? We're walking along oblivious. Yeah. Oh, yeah, every... Oh, yeah, you're with me, Holy Spirit. Shandai, my Hyundai. Thank you. Now, what are we going to do about this tax problem? <laughs> I gotta change the oil in my car. This and that, this and that. I gotta get busy about this. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Oh, three days later. Oh, I thank you, Holy Spirit, you're with me. Shandai, my Hyundai. Okay. What was I doing? Oh yeah, I gotta get back to this. And we get so busy. It's exactly Mark 4. We just get so busy with the cares of this world. We get busy with that. And He's with us the whole time. He is there. He, He is faithful. He's like, I don't, I don't want to characterize him. I know what I'd it's be like. Are they ever going to give me any attention at all? Or, you know, hello, power over here. <laughs> Wisdom over here. Hello, Gary. Nah, maybe when I get finished with this. And don't get me wrong, I pray in tongues all the time, which is good. <laughs> 
But we're, we're leaving that level. Not leaving. We're growing from that level. Because there is a presence that comes that I've tasted. I'm going to remember Houston again. I have tasted it. And I was not prepared for it. And it was so beyond what my what I could handle at the time. I was like a drunk man. And that's not what he wants. So verse 23 is a real key here. In fact, everything that he said about love and obeying his commandments is involved with this. John 14, 23. Jesus answered and said, If a man love me, he will keep my words. And my Father will love him. And we will come unto him, now notice, and make our abode with him. Why, why use words like that if it's the same thing as the presence of the Holy Spirit? You talked about the Holy Spirit a little while ago that he's coming. But now he's talking about two others coming. <laughs> so it's not the same thing. Gary, do you totally understand this? Not at all. Welcome to my meditating. You know, but we're going on. We're going, he's going to, he is, he understands it. We're going to go all the way in. But we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Now listen, when that begins to happen, now I, there's a difference. I'm, I'm going back to Houston now for a moment and I've got to start. I hear, I heard, close your Bible. <laughs> so I'm going back to those thrilling days of yesteryear. Uh, rewinding for a moment. And I'm thinking, boy, now that presence there that day, that was something else. That anointing was strong. It was beyond, uh, you know, I'd already been praying in the ugly building a lot before that ever happened. I'm, I'm very familiar with the normal interaction with the Holy Spirit when I pray. Hallelujah. Okay, so I'm familiar with how the Holy Spirit that presence, how he is when you're, you know, thousands of hours praying in other tongues, thousands of hours meditating the word. But that one, that presence, that's something to do. Jesus has come. The Father has come. It is a different level completely than what, what, I, what I consider, quote, normal. Now, I learned during that episode, I was not mature enough to handle it. Thank you, sir. I was not mature enough to handle it. And, uh, but Jesus was able to handle that anointing all the time. And I believe the Holy Spirit will train us how to handle that anointing all the time. I'm glad when, aren't you glad when tears come and His presence comes? And I, I love all that like anybody else. But that's not really why we're here so we can get blessed. We're here so the Father can do the works through us. And all I know is, as we continue on, this is a presence revival. And we're going to that place where the Father and the Son don't just visit, but where they come. Smith Wigglesworth so walked in that kind of... See, that's where the emanating starts really coming out of you. That's People, they just get within Peter's shadow. And they get healed. I mean, come on. That's, that's, some, that's a presence... That's obviously for real, but we've had a handful. Smith, you know, that's what Dave would say. We've had a handful, Smith Wigglesworth, and a few that would walk in something like that. We are all going to walk in that. One of the things in the 
I was reading again, and I know I don't understand people that don't read the blueprint. I'll just be honest with you, because I still I've read it over sixty times. I hash marked it sixty times and then quit. So I don't know how many times I've done it now. And uh, he says things in there like, "You'll walk in the room, and the room will just light up." Well, that's him. For Gary right now, most of the time I walk in the room and they go, there's Gary. It needs to be when I walk in the room, they go, Jesus is here. <laughs> that's the difference. And that's where we're going and I'm going to quit for now. Did you get anything out of that? All right. We'll post this. This is all this is, is I call it presence from the face to face. And it's every time that the word presence occurs in the face to face documents and they're highlighted yellow. So we'll do it like, so if you print it, print it in color if you can. Okay. Hallelujah.